Hey, welcome to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. I am your host, Scott Ramage. And on this episode, we are going to chat with my friend, Alex Jowdy. Alex and his five kids are uh, pretty awesome people. He has one wife, five kids. I don't know how many pets, but um, (laughs) (laughs) he's a small business consultant, a podcaster, uh, a man of many talents, a woodworker. Oh, we'll talk about that. A woodworker um, and many, many more things. Uh, Alex and I became fast friends months ago. Welcome to the show, Alex. How are you doing, man? Scott, thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's been fun to kind of get back, get get going again with the, with the saddle of podcasting and, and get moving again after this kind of hectic last three months of moving and whatnot. So looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. You kind of threw my plan um, in the ringer. So thanks a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was on your show like forever ago and I'm like, oh, yeah. get Alex on. Oh, yeah. Alex is moving. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, you're in Montana now. Yes, sir. Kalispell. Yeah, 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 where it's cold. <laughs> Apparently, I, nobody told me. No, <laughs> I, I like the cold. I like cold weather. Um, it's like I've always had that mindset of it's easier to get warm than it is to cool down. Uh, you know, you can always, you know, you can only peel off so many layers, you know, depending on where you live. And so, um, and, you know, and then having kids, it's it's cool. I think it's interesting, you know, having grown up in California where ninety percent of the year it was seventy five, you know, seventy five eighty, and and then it rained for like a month. But it's uh, you know, we actually there's seasons, uh, it snows. So I mean, the first week we were here, it was like you know, big snowstorm, and the kids just they didn't even have snow gear yet, man, and they were out there in the yard for hours. I was just going bonkers with it, you know. Then they came in and they're like, I can't feel my toes or my hands, you know. So- <laughs> They don't need snow gear. They don't know. They don't know squat about what it means. I mean, lose a finger or toe. As long as it's not one of the balanced ones, it's no big deal. I figure it out. Yeah. The big toe and the thumb are the important ones. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, man, when I met you, I knew, I think you, I think we were talking a bit about the relocation option. The beauty of it was, is that you had already pivoted yourself to an at-home business and your wife who's a strength trainer was doing some at-home stuff but couldn't take it online mm-hmm. you're like I, I, you know this is my chance um so uh, yeah picking up and moving from washington state right you're originally right. from california moving from washington state to montana mm-hmm. uh how's how was the the actual move how was the logistical part of that with five kids and wife in tow well, I'd like to say that, uh, you know, there, it was really difficult. I mean, it was, it had its difficulties, but, you know, unfortunately, we've moved so many times now in the last five and a half years and gotten kind of good at it, you know, much to my or my wife's dismay. You know? So we lived in one house for seven years in California, and then we moved four times in Washington. And uh, just, you know, from various circumstances, you know, buying a house, selling a house, uh, opening a gym in a different city, so getting closer there. Um, but we, we planned it out much better this time. And I had a, um, I was blessed with a really, really good friend who basically decided to take three days off work and help me and drive one of the moving trucks out. Cause what we did was we moved 90% of the house a week before. So, okay. Okay. yeah. So basically for like four days, you know, me and a buddy of mine packed up two trucks, uh, two U-Hauls and then drove out here to Montana. It's an eight hour drive from Washington, from Tacoma. And, uh, and then, got here and then we basically spent like a day setting up the whole house so we set up all the bedrooms put all the beds together all the furniture um 
So that way, when me and the wife and kids came, and then and the last stuff to go with this, you just some clothes and uh, the gym, like our home gym. And we have a full-blown like home gym. So that, that took a whole trailer by itself to move that. Um, we roll into town, you know, whatever it was, 2 a.m. on a Saturday on Halloween morning. And um, the kids were able to go into the house and go right to their bedrooms, go to sleep, and then wake up. And, and so it, you know, logistically much better. I mean, obviously still having its challenges and whatnot, but it was much better. So. Dude, that's where friends like you mm-hmm. really, really find out like who's made of what when someone right. steps out and says, Hey, I'll go with you. Yeah. The move, which is one of the most miserable things in the world to do. So <laughs> that's pretty awesome. That's a good friend. It, it, well, he's, he's a great friend. And yeah. uh, he's, you know, like I said, it's, I've been asked to move, you know, and you know, this being in the gym industry, you know, is uh, if anybody knows that you work out and you have a truck or one of the, or both. It's a for you. Yeah. And you get asked to help move all the time. And, yeah. uh, and I've helped, like, I don't know how many people move and I have no problem with that. And, but I understand like when you do that, you're committing a day, you know, it's yeah. like, Hey man, can you help me move three States over for like two days, <laughs> three yeah. days? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, dude, he was like, dude, yeah, man, I'll, I'll be down. Let's do it. I'll, it'll be a blast. And we'll make a trip out of it. And yeah, so it was great. And uh, he's actually coming out in a couple of weeks. I'm surprising the kids. He's a good family friend. Like they don't know he's coming, you know? Yeah. So. So um, I'm visioning right now because I've moved a gym. Um, uh-huh. I'm I'm visioning this trailer you had with the home gym stuff in it, like uh-huh. axle grind, uh, <laughs> bumper hitting. Floor. I mean, that's a massive amount of weight in small area. It's really, I mean, it's pretty insane. I mean, we had to strategically place our bumpers and mm-hmm. all everything over the right axles in the right places, so we had a balance of the whole truck when we moved. So that must have been fun. Yeah, the, you know, you hit the nail on the head there. We uh, there was a lot of math, probably the most math I've done since I left school. And so we you don't were need uh, no, math. no, not at all. But it was, uh, you know, like fortunately we don't have any kilo plates; they're all in pounds. So <laughs> there was no conversion chart. So, yeah. uh, but no, it was uh, balancing out the majority of how we loaded the trailer, and uh, it worked out pretty well. You know, just understanding like where the load was, and and we had um, the car we had could tow, you know, five six thousand pounds wasn't a problem at all. So. And then, and we were, and we moved when my wife and I, when we took with the kids, we had two cars. So I had a pickup and then she had a big SUV. So we hitched the SUV to the trailer and then we packed, you know, we split the kids up between the two cars uh, for a bit. And uh, so that made the trip a little bit more fun. And then I drove her car, uh, the big family car, because just, you know, having driven bigger vehicles before and pull trailers before and going over the past, you know, just, you know, a little more experience and, and whatnot. So um plus if you know we lost the gym she could blame me and not herself <laughs> right yeah, yeah. so life at risk because right 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 lifeblood i mean I, I know she's a strength tro- coach and she's yes uh does some amazing things she's involved with some amazing organizations um i know a lot of people that are involved in that and it's a right it's it's pretty incredible um so how do you successfully take five kids pick them up now we're, we're hold on wait were they were, were you homeschooling Yes, we've homeschooled since right. yeah, we've homeschooled since day one. So as far as like the whole shutdown thing goes, that didn't affect us in regards to school. We've been homeschooling, and when I say we, I mean my wife. Basically, you know, right. she was homeschooled and uh, very intelligent. And we have a great program we follow. It's called Sunlight Curriculum and the Christian based program, and we've been using that one for the last four years. But there was no transition, which was great. And then also having both been already working from home, there was no transition. So if anything, we got busier. So with a lot of things that were going on, but yeah. So to answer your question, yeah, we homeschool the kids. 
Yeah, well, and and so you your kids are accustomed to this moving, but they're 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 obviously going to have some friends. Right. And, um, it takes a lot. It takes a lot. I did this too. I moved yeah. many many states away. I picked mm-hmm. up my family and moved. And people thought I was a little crazy. You know, why are you leaving everything you know? Why are, why? And and for me, it's always like because. I see a, an opportunity. It was for my kids, for, for their education. I see an opportunity that I cannot provide where I'm at right now. Um, so uh, w- was your move purely motivated by, uh, you know, um, and we don't have to get into the, the details of it, but w- was it motivated by the current um, political uh, response to COVID or, and how that with the state you were in, which is Washington, um, right. Was that it, or was there multiple factors involved? Like, why pick up five kids and a wife and go? Uh, you know that the the factor that you just said, as far as the political response to it, that was more of just like the nail in the coffin. Yeah. Um, you know, like the last straw there. It was uh, basically just from a standpoint of okay, so, and we started talking about this when we first moved out of California to Washington. I mean, we almost went to Alaska. You know, so. The California to Washington to Montana thing has has been just kind of this transition lifestyle for kind of what we want for our life and for our kids. And then we were also thinking about my wife's one of nine kids. Uh, I got a couple of siblings and, um, you know, it's great that everybody grows up and kind of scatters a little bit to travel and get to know stuff. Right. But part of the reason everybody scatters because nobody can afford a home in California. Right. right? So um, there's something to be said about being able to you know, your, you know, your uncle can come over anytime he wants because he lives down the street and your, you know, your cousins are around the corner and your grandparents are like for seven years, my, my, what my in-laws, we lived four minutes from my in-laws, you know, my kids saw their grandparents every day, you know, they, um, and we were half hour from my family's house. So, uh, but just getting to a point where we, we were thinking ahead, especially now the kids are growing up and they're still young, you know, 12, 10, eight, eight, three, but you know how fast time goes. Like I've already got a, a 12 year old son who's going through gun safety courses and, you know, and before I know it, he's going to be 18. So we're thinking about our kids when they grow up, if they want to, if they choose to, will they have the choice no matter what they decide to do for a living for the most part to be able to afford to stay around where we are. Right. And then where we can actually grow a community and our family. And, 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 and you know, so that was one part of it. The other part was, um, you know, the financial freedom and the, you know, in space. Um, I, you know, for somebody who's worked in private security for years, who's worked in nightclubs, who's worked in gyms and everything else, I hate crowds. <laughs> I don't like, you know, small, you know, tight space. So, you know, living in a, a city where everything is, you know, packed in. And if I'm standing in my backyard, I'm looking into my neighbor's bathroom, you know, even if I have a good size house, you know, but, you know, your yard is so yeah. small and, and everybody knows your conversations. So that's just not what I want. And I want to have some, you know, some, some property, I want to have some land. So, Montana, you know, I mean, just to give you some perspective, Seattle has 4 million people that they know of in the greater Seattle area, right? Montana has, a, yeah, Montana has a million people like an entire state, right? Right. So, yeah, yeah. it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. So much land. So, um, you know, and then just the fact that the state was more open and now from a standpoint of they're not being careful to a certain extent with certain things, you know, with COVID, but they're, they're approaching it more smartly. You know, they're not just, okay, shut everything. Every, like everybody shut down at the beginning. Right. You know, cause yeah. nobody knew, right. Everybody was like, okay, stay home for a month, whatever it was, you know, but now that we understand what it really is and understanding like our own health. And then also seeing when you see the politicians that are putting out all these orders to stay home, shut down and control, and then they ignore them completely. Okay. How serious is it? And they're the ones that are supposed to be in the know. Right. So, yeah. So, 
we just made the decision when Washington announced that they were going to shut down again for like the third time. I, I remember I was like, I think I was in the gym in the garage and my wife was upstairs working, um, you know, in her home office. And I got the news on my phone. I texted her. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, they're going to shut down again. Let's move to Montana. And she was like, yeah, let's do it. And then, <laughs> right. And then we just started talking about it because it hadn't come up before. So, um, and we knew some people out here and we'd come out to visit and we, you know, we, we planned it out and we did our research and then, um, and then knowing, so talking earlier about homeschooling, the shutdown didn't affect our kids from a school standpoint, but we, because we homeschool, they're involved in a lot, right? Yeah. They go to church every Sunday, their Sunday school, they play with ton of friends. They're, our house is kind of like the communal house in the neighborhood with all the kids. Um, you know, but when the Y shut down, I improvised and I built, you know, a small jungle gym in my backyard so the kids can keep doing stuff in gymnastics. And then more kids came over. Um, but, you know, jujitsu, all these activities and sports, you know, baseball, basketball, they're playing all these sports. That's where they're meeting kids and making friends and building relationships. And, you know, we really built a really strong community in Tacoma over the last two and a half, three years. And then for everything to be shut down, I mean, we work really hard to maintain those, but it, we started seeing more and more. Um, it was affecting the kids a lot more with what they couldn't do. You know, I didn't like it because. Um, I think it was really important for them to have these activities, not just to socialize and to meet other kids, but just to have structure. Cause you know, with your kids, yeah. they're, they're going to listen to their coach sometimes, you know, to certain life skill stuff more often than not, they're going to listen to their parent yeah. and not because they respect them more. It's just a different voice. You know, it's the, that's coach, you know, so-and-so they're cool, you know, and, and, and it's not my dad, you know? So it's, it's really important to have for them to have those, um, those figures to look up to men and women, right. And, and I got four daughters. So it's not just like I'm thinking about my son, you know, it's like all the kids and, that, and they were all doing all kinds of stuff. So the state here, it's open, you know, they're following more precautions, but they're given also more like, hey, it's your health, take care of yourself. If you're not comfortable, stay home. If you are going to go out, then, you know, in certain places we're doing this and that, but jujitsu is open. If somebody is sick, not even test positive, if somebody's sick, they stay home and they let everybody know, hey, I'm not feeling good. And then if they test positive, they let people know and they tell everybody, I mean, they're very on top of it. Wait, so. wait, wait. You mean people are taking personal responsibility and like, yeah, weird, huh? Do <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm not taking a political stance here. No. I'm not. However, I do believe that. Hey, if you're not feeling well, stay home. If you're at risk, right. stay away. There is there are resources for you to survive. There are ways right. to get you food, mm-hmm. and um, and I just love I love that. Like, hey, we're making the choice. We're being safe. We're yeah. making the right thing, decisions. And I struggled. I struggled with this whole thing. But what I mm-hmm. really struggled with was my boys. When I saw the degradation of their demeanor, their mood, everything, because they were being pulled back from everything. Right. And, and developmentally, it's, it, was, it was devastating. Right. Absolutely devastating. So I, I actually really commend you on that. So jujitsu, there's multiple things I want to talk about. We sure. have limited time, but there's multiple things <laughs> I want to talk about. Um, so you, I, I do know this, you already had uh, a jujitsu gym picked out and mm-hmm. ready to roll. And when you rolled into town, it was go. How many, how, how many people in your family are involved in that? All seven of us, even my three-year-old. And, and she's technically not three. She'll be three in January. So it's just that they have a, what's called like a micro chimps program. Um, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. So because she's, because she's potty trained, they were, she, they, they were like, okay, that's cool. You know what I mean? She can, you know, she's not three, it's for three-year-olds and uh, a three-year-old and up. And then they said, because she's potty trained, you can go ahead and start her, you know? So um, we, 
moved here. It was technically Sunday morning. We got here at 2 a.m. And Monday, we all started classes, you know, in jujitsu. Like, so Sunday was just a little bit more of unpacking and kind of relax, catch up on sleep. And then Monday, we hit the ground running with like getting in. Because when we did our research to come out here, um, you know, I knew the gym um, and, and and knew about it. And and also, so we made it a point to come out and visit. And before we left, we, we didn't even have a house. But I'm really, I'm really big on... Like you got to do something to make a commitment. You can't just say it, right? So we put a deposit down for our whole family's membership for the whole year. So we prepaid for the whole year, you know, for for the gym. We got a great deal. They are awesome. Um, if I give them a shout out, it's SBG Montana. You know, they have in they're in Kalispell and in Whitefish and all over. Um, but they, you know, you know, they were they were super like nice. They spent like an hour and a half with us when we first got there to when we first looked at the place, give a tour, answered all our questions and. Um, and it's been a great program. They have a fantastic program and there's, and again, you being in the gym industry, it's very similar where you can be in a, a fitness industry or you can see it. And the whole thing is geared on just making money and it has nothing to do yeah. with the actual like logistics of actually getting stronger, healthier, or whatever the discipline is that they're teaching. Whereas this one, like you can't deny like what they're actually teaching you and how they're doing it and what they're doing as well. And it's well, and they offer other things as well, you know, and they offer different packages. They do striking. So there's so much for the kids to get involved in. And then like, once they get rolling again, they get into tournaments and they all said they want to do tournaments. So. And now, and now they have a, a, a circle of friends. A oh yeah. They're making friends all, already. Yeah. yeah they, they, they have this thing they're looking forward to. It pulls away this. And it seems like it would pull away the sting of the move. It and did away from friends. Right. Because, you know, about a weekend, like they're playing in the snow every day. They've got a house that's bigger. They've got a yard that's about an acre and they get to see more animals. And then what they, they and then they've already like, oh, I got, you know, I met Susie and I met this person and oh, and they got a leadership program and I want to get into the leadership program, but I got to be this level belt and this many stripes. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So they're, they're already kind of getting it. And, and, you know, I, you know, of course, being very honest, it's not like it's been all like peaches and roses, you know, they have their times, especially the first couple of weeks, you know, they miss their friends, but, and what we've done is really made sure that they're, they're, they're writing letters, they're doing uh, phone calls, they're, you know, we do, you know, they Skype with their friends, you know, different areas. But one of the things we told them was like, look, we moved from California to Washington five and a half years ago, you know, and you grew up with all those people, like for my older kids, right? I said, you still talk to all of them, you see them, we go down and visit them about once or twice a year, they come and visit us. I said, so you're still, that was five and a half years ago and you're still best of friends with them. You know, so, you know, you trust us when we make sure that we want you to maintain your relationships with people as we, you know, go on this adventure of life. So now we're doing the same thing. We're here and we keep it touch with everybody in Tacoma. It feels like, um, it feels like it, what I'm hearing is that you and your wife are very communicative in the steps and things that you're doing as a family. Um, have you, have you and your wife had, a, a great relationship where you communicate well is this something you've worked on over time because i i know for a fact that when you and your wife can move together and and mm -hmm. work together in unison and have common goals that really helps the relationship with the kids and keeping everything moving so how has that been through your uh what, what is it 13 years of marriage yeah 2003 yeah so may of 2003 so 13 years of marriage 17 years together um we so yeah, we we definitely communicate uh, well. We communicate a lot better, and it was something we had to work extremely hard at. You know, I've, you know, with uh, and not to go into hard hard details, but because I could spend hours on this, and you know, it might be fun to talk about this later. But um, yeah, there was 
probably a few times over the last, especially the last five years after the first move, where uh, when we moved from California to Washington, it was similar where it was fast, but it was not planned at all. It was very, you know, tail on fire, you know, the way it was kind of set up as far as like job opportunities and what I was doing. And I wasn't very honest and open about like what was going on with my personal um, with my own gym and how I was dealing with things and how I dealt with stress. And, and it, you know, that it almost, you know, dive bombed our marriage so, yeah. because of, because of my own pride and then my own stupidity of not reaching out for help in certain aspects of, of the business. And then also not keeping her in the loop because I grew up middle Eastern culture. So it was, you, you know, you're, you're the rock and you protect. Okay, yep. cool. Got it. But at the same time, it's, it's very insulting to your wife. Cause actually I, this is, I wanted to bring this up. You made a post uh, talking about um, marriage today or yesterday. And one of your comments back was uh, it was about a hundred percent, not 50, 50, right. Yeah. Somebody said that. And yeah. And I understand the analogy you were making, which was, it's not about like a, Hey, it's 50, 50, where you're always compromising. You're like, yes, there's compromise. But if the compromise on both of your ends is where you're always miserable, because you don't feel like you get your, all your say or all your energy or everything else into it as well, then there's always going to be resentment. And then, um, and then the communication just stops because you start having conversations with the other person in your head because you think you already know how it's going to go. So you just avoid it to begin with. And she did it a little bit, but I did it a lot. I mean, it was, it happened a lot where to, from her end, everything was peaches. It was rosy. There was no problems at all with work. Like money was great. Everything was going well. And then there's this dive bomb on, like it wasn't as great as she thought it was. Yeah. And then, and then what really hurt her was that more people outside of the house knew about the issues I was having at work than she did. And she's like, I'm your wife. Like I'm the one you should know first. So, so yeah, I, we worked really hard on that. That's so, awesome. I think yeah. that is, um, you know, you look at where you were and where you are now, if you would have moved in the midst of that, how would the move been? Um, where we were, you mean, as far as communication wise? Not communication, yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know how I know how it would have been because we did it. I mean, yeah. that's how the move from California to Washington was. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And it, and it, yeah. And it wasn't, obviously, it wasn't great. And um, it took a long time, man, like, you know, years. Like, we were in Washington five and a half years. And the last two is when everything really started to click again between me and her because it took, a, first of all, it took a long time just to kind of rebuild a lot of the communication and trust. Yeah. And then and to lay that foundation down. And then it took a long time. And this is not to uh, to blame her anyway, but to start giving me the benefit of the doubt if I said something or I said I was going to do something, right? Um, that, okay, is this like the thing that you're going to do because you like to do it so I know you're going to get it done? Or is it because you don't like to do it and you're just saying it so I shut up? So they built, building trust back took time. Right. Yeah, big one. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So what are you doing now um, to ensure that you keep that marriage sharp that you keep your communication on point and that you um, are moving in the same direction together well i think checking in with each other is a big one and whatever something i found is interesting is uh there's a great communication tool that a lot of people are you know crapping on right now which is like your phone and sometimes my wife and I have found that with five kids and, you know, running a business and, you know, all the things that go on, you know, in the day-to-day -day life that sometimes instead of like in the moment with all the kids and all the chaos going on, going like, Hey, are you okay? What's going on? Like that doesn't work. And then sometimes like at night when we're both ready just to crash out, that's not always great. But in the middle of the afternoon, when the kids have their downtime and she's doing a little bit of work and I'm at work either in my office or I'm, you know, I'm away at my other job. 
and I shoot her a message, you know, we, we will work things out over text message sometimes. And because what it does is it gives us a chance to remove the, um, you know, just the chaos of the house, because there's times we meet her or talk and we'll tell the kids, Hey, mom and dad are going to have a conversation. You know, you guys go play outside. And exactly. And then every minute, five minutes, 10 minutes. Right. And, and then you start end up like yelling at the kids or getting frustrated with the kids because they want to spend time. Yeah, exactly. When you've announced so, it. Well, I want to um, talk about something. Yeah. So you said, you know, everyone's crapping on the phone. Everyone's right. crapping on Facebook. Everyone's crap. And you know what? Like, stop. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, there's some really, really negative things there. But for, for me, it's like, um, my phone can be an asset or it can be a drain. And if right. I can, and I completely control that. So if it's an asset in communication with your wife, mm -hmm. then dude, dude, control it and make it work. You right. know, like for Facebook, someone, someone, you know, there's like, oh, your feed is all this. I'm like, because you're feeding that machine. Right. And so, you know, I, I just wanted to say like, if that's the tool that keeps you and your wife sharp, <laughs> like, don't run away from that. Who cares yeah. what people say? Well, yeah. I mean, just the, even the conversation to move here to Montana, like it, it was broached via text message where I was in the middle of training a client in my, in our garage gym and she's upstairs working in her home office and we just sent it back. You know, if I brought up like in the middle of dinner and I've got five kids talking over each other and there's chaos and, you know, and the two-year-old is, you know, talking about like I had an accident and, you know, the water gets spilled and like, Hey, you want to go to Montana? What? shut up, you know, <laughs> that wouldn't work, you know, so just it, it helps kind of cut through the noise sometimes. And and then also we use a different app sometimes uh, for like the relationship stuff. So it's a text messaging, text messaging gap, but it's got some tools in it. It's called love, uh, love nudge. And it's for couples. And um, you can like, you can fill up, you can, and it's kind of, it seems kind of corny, but I actually, now that we use it, it's pretty interesting. Um, like you as an individual can fill out like, what's your, you know, they talk about like, what's your love language, yeah. right? Like, you know, right. what speaks to you as an individual. So yeah. then you fill stuff out in the app and create it. And then every now and then you can log in there and say like, you know, I don't like how they word it. Like how, how love do you feel? Right. But what you can say is like, how, do, how are you feeling in the relationship is what they're really saying, you know? And then you can, you can make, you know, put some answers in there and then you can send letters to each other and it sends it off. Like it's sending off like a virtual letter and you can hear. So it's really cool. It's an interesting tool. So we use it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we use it as almost like a, um, you know, like, like in high school when you pass notes back and forth to each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of like that. So we, that app, we never have serious conversations on it you know, in regards to like, you know, business or, you right. know, how are the kids? Like that's just normal text messaging. You know, that app we use just for our relationship. See, I think that's really cool. Not because it's because it comes back to the whole message of intentionality. You're using right. an intentional methodology mm -hmm. and, and it's helping, helping keep you guys close, helping you gauge, you know, and, and separate those things. Like it's, it's important. It's, it's like a date. It's like a date right. night. We're doing a date yeah. night, but we're keeping it fresh by using this tool, which is really because right. date nights are just a tool. They're just a yeah. tool for communications. So, so five kids, um, you know, you're, you, you've alluded to this. That it, it can be difficult for you guys to communicate. You have to be mm -hmm. creative. You have to be on the fly. Um, <clears throat> why five kids? That's a lot of kids. That's a lot of people in the house. <laughs> uh why five kids well i mean it, it, well she's she's one of nine and then i'm one of three so we actually had joked a little bit and we're somewhat serious when we first got married about you know family planning and talked about how you know four or five would be like that happy medium she wanted a big family i've wanted um i thought i wanted a smaller family um uh, but um you know we had 
we pl- planned, you know, <laughs> we planned on uh, getting married because we got married when I was 27. She was 24. And we planned on not having kids for a couple of years and being able to. And at that time, I was like, you know, really getting into personal training and she was going to school and we, you know, we wanted to travel around a little bit. We have some freedom as a married couple without, you know, um, without children. And then, you know, and then we got pregnant with my son five months after we got married. So um, had our son. And then two years later, we had my daughter. And then about two and a half years after that, we had the twins. So it was one, two, and then four. And there's definitely the adage of like the number of kids you have to the ratio of the number of parents you have really does, at least for us, it really spoke to like the sanity and the like comments. So every time somebody has one or two, and I'm not judging them, just when I hear them complain a lot, a lot, a lot, I'm like, dude, it's like, like there's, there's one kid, there's, there's one kid and two of you, like that's easy, you know? And if there's two, I found two was actually easier than one be- because you, like they have somebody to play with, right? right. right. Okay, so- but then when we went to four, right? Like a double your kids, right? And you got two babies. You got two, two sets of diapers to change. You got two, you know, there was no sleep in that first year. That was crazy. Oh, I hear, so. I, I hear, a, I hear one of them. <laughs> That's the little one. She's, she's banging on the door. She hears me talking. So she wants in. So yeah, of course, you know, of, course. of course. So she knows she's in that stage right now where she's, you know, like, and of course, being the youngest of five kids, yeah, she man. knows she has to be loud to be heard. Because yeah. they'll just talk over her, you know, and and so, um, and then we were done. We were done with four, right? Like we were right. good. And then uh, we started talking about having another one a couple of years after. It actually went back and forth. She had uh, she had talked about having another one two years in. Evelyn twins were like two, and I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Like we're done. Like I'm like four. Like I'm great. And then I actually made an appointment to go get uh, the vasectomy. So I went to do the consult. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I went to do like. I went to do the consultation and they were like talking me through everything. And as they're talking me through it, and I was like, I don't know about this. So <laughs> like you backed out right then. Huh? Yeah. I was like, maybe have one more, you know? So oh, wow. we took a little time. So, so our youngest Phoebe is actually the only one we actually planned. Wow. Like we actually, yeah, we, we talked about it. We had a discussion. We talked about it numerous times, prayed about it and, you know, and um, yeah. And, it was like, yeah, let's, like we felt like one more was going to kind of complete the family. And, and she has. It's been awesome because what she did was she came along and all the other kids had to jump in and start pitching in to help out. And uh, just naturally, you know, like they, they help out, you know, so, well, and so it's been good. I'm I'm right now you're at ninja status because right now <laughs> you've, got a, you've got a three-year-old pounding on your door and you're just carrying a conversation. Like for me, it'd be like, but. I mean, this is incredible. Like, I, 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 all I've been doing is paying attention to your response and your ability to focus. And that tells me that you're used to having a lot of people doing a lot right. of things around you. I guess that you can, you can kind of probably get pretty good at that. You, you can. And uh, to, an, to an extent, what can happen is um, you can tune out a little too much. Oh, yeah. You got to be careful with that, right? So sometimes my kids and my wife and I, we both do it sometimes. They're, they're going at it, not in a negative way, but they're talking, they're telling stories, they're jumping around, doing whatever they're doing. And then all of a sudden, they're like, Dad, I'm like, what? And or my wife would be like, hey, they're trying to talk to you. I'm like, oh, are they? Because I, I just kind of zoned it out a little bit, you know, and then now it's just more general background noise. It's almost kind of like being at a concert or a yeah. bar and you hear all the noise, but you're not. And then you tune in and you start listening to the words. So 
Yeah. See, right now she's yelling at me, open the door, open yeah. the door. Well, you know, the thing <laughs> is, is she safe? Oh, right. totally. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it, She might be irritating other kids. Like, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's kind of on them. though. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's so. awesome. <laughs> so um, what's what's been the success? What's the biggest piece of success as a father you could you would pass on? You know, you, you still your kids are still young. You, 12 yeah. is your oldest, I believe. Yes, um, 12 and a half. Yeah. But we have to then take that and multiply it. There's some sort of crazy equation for adding four other kids to the mix. I mean, I think your, your years of experience is kind of like this graph that massively shoots up when you're past three. So right. I would say you're a man of very much experience with kids. What's the, what's the, your biggest, like super, superpower when it comes to being a dad. Okay. So when I practice this, it's like, it's the greatest thing in the world, which is don't take it personal. And what I mean by that is, is kids, of course, are, I mean, adults are too, but like, especially kids, super impulsive, balls of emotion, right? And they're going, and then in a big family, they, they're, as you can hear, they're going to be loud because they want to be heard, right? And, um, and then if their feelings are hurt, I don't have any kid, I think I have one, like, and it depends on his mood. My boy is the only one who gets kind of quiet when his feelings are hurt, he's been upset. And I don't want to say it's because of boys or girls. It's just, it's just his personality. He gets more quiet. Okay. He comes and talks to us, but he waits until everything calms down. Then he'll come talk to us. All the girls immediately, if their feelings are hurt, they're upset, they're pissed off. It's (laughs) you told me, no, I'm going to hit you with an object, right? Like it's just, I'm going to hurt you 10 times more. Like whether it's physically or just being loud, like, see, I'm going to grab her one second. Hold on. (laughs) It could snatch his banging on the door (laughs) and we're going to wrap up. Hey, you, that was very rude. Come here. I know you can't hear him because of the headphones. That's my friend oh, Scott. Oh, she can't can hear me. Hi? No, but can you say hi to Scott? Okay. So you know the banging you heard? They got louder? Yeah. So check this out. You see what that is? That's part of the trim from the wall. She ripped it off. There's the nail. <laughs> Started hitting the door. <laughs> uh, so um, so this is what like to have five kids. Yeah. <laughs> The way you're holding it right now, right? Yeah, you are on you are on camera. But uh, I will say, I, I give you superpower status just for that right now. And yeah. of course, she's as cute as can be. So and she's quiet now because this is what she wanted. She just yeah. she heard me in here talking and she wanted in. So you know that's that's what she wanted. Are you all done now? I think it's an nope. incredible opportunity to um, have a podcast with men about being fathers and dealing with a, a situation where. Yeah. At least some people would snap. Right. So. Right. No, it's, and, and, and again, that's part of just par for the course of just being used to the chaos and, yeah. and the noise and having to kind of adapt to it and, and yeah. move around. And you, you get to the point where it's okay. I can either flip out and take a personal, right? Like she's like, she's, she knows my three-year-old knows that I'm having a podcast, you know, I'm recording right now. So she's personally going to, you know, insult me and interrupt my time. I'm like, no, this is my three-year-old who wants attention. Yeah. Right. So, right. right. Yeah. And I it's in perspective. I love it. It's love it. yeah. And it's, and don't get me wrong. Like, I don't want to paint this picture of like, I'm this perfect guy. Dude, I, there's so many times where <laughs> I don't stay calm and I'm not like not taking a personal and I, you know, I'll, I'll blow my lid a little bit and just they'll say dumb stuff. The biggest difference is, and this is the other thing I was going to get to, which is you can't be too proud to apologize. Right. So I grew up in the, in the era of like kids are seen, not heard, right. You know, you're, especially coming from a Middle Eastern family and 
Um, you know, you talk back, it's an immediate, it's an insult, respect, like that whole thing, you know, and I'm sure, and that's not just the Middle East. There's a lot of cultures that are like that. Right. And so if I screw up, I apologize to my kids. Right. So if, you know, if I snap at them, you know, it may not be right away, but I'll come back and say, Hey, you know, I'm sorry. I snapped at you. That wasn't me thing. That wasn't you. You had a legitimate question. If I was busy, there's a different way for me to talk to you, you know, because what we noticed is when one kid really starts acting up in a certain way behaviorally, we, what we realize is there's a pretty good chance that a big part of that is they're mimicking what they're getting out of us. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's, that's an incredible nugget for parents. That's a, yeah. that's a big, big one. That's awesome. Yeah. That comes down to humility and men have a tough time with that. But what we're doing is we're building into our kids, how we expect them to respond when they're adults or when they're right. growing up and they have the same situations. And that's what we want. Um, dude, I love this podcast. I love how we just wrap that section up because it's just so it's, it was ideal. Like I couldn't have planned it better. Um, so, uh, dude, I know you got to get to jujitsu and I'm going to honor that we're already five minutes past. So right. I, I start our drop dead time or whatever you call it. So, um, thank you. So much. Yeah. I know yeah. Been, thank you. Yeah, I know it's been a while, but, um, and we'll do this again. Absolutely. Yeah, man, I'll jump on. I'll, I'll book another time, you know, a little bit, um, you know, to give you some time. And then, uh, because yeah, there's a lot of stuff I wanted to keep, you know, you know talking. Yeah, we, we have a lot. We can yeah, I dove into, man. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, we barely touched on moving, you know, here and kind of like everything that we're doing now out here. And, right. uh, I, and, you know, and the reason why I wanted to talk about that is because there's so many people that are stuck. And this, this, this whole pandemic thing really kind of brought it to fruition, you know, and brought it to the forefront for a lot of people, which is, uh, people are scared to do things or try things because they think like their life is a certain way because that's the way it is. And the reality is, is you have more control of your life than you think. And all it takes is for you to make a decision and put a plan to action and just go. Does it have to be perfect? It doesn't need to be like, hold on, sweetie. I'm almost done. <laughs> and you just, you just need to, you know, put a plan together and, and not be scared to, to just dive in a little bit and, and try things out. Like what's, like, what's the worst thing that could happen if we moved out here? We didn't like it. Move back. Turn around and move back. Yeah, move back. You know, like there's no there's no shame in it. There's no nothing at all whatsoever. You know, if anything, it's, it's an adventure. Like we've told our kids, you've gotten, you know, you have friends in three different states, like more than that. But I mean, you've lived in, you know, you, you're going to have these incredible stories you get to tell. And uh, so, yeah, That's don't all. be afraid to try things, you know, and just That's be all. smart about it. That's all. I actually recorded that, so I'm keeping it in the podcast. Nice. Uh, <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining this episode of Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast with my guest, Jeff, uh, Alex Jowdy. Um, we have to have that conversation. We got to dig into yes. that one you were talking about. Um, for sure. If you enjoyed this, hit that, hit that subscribe button. Join us on Brotherhood of Fatherhood uh, Facebook group. Or uh, just go to brotherhoodfatherhood.com. Actually, yeah, it's not of. It's just brotherhoodfatherhood.com. A little bit of information about us there. Have a great day.